0: God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, 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 and yes, yes, I see even you. Welcome, welcome one and all. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget, where 15 minutes of your day can change, will change, if you give God a chance, if you can turn away from what you're accustomed to. I promise you, he will change your entire life with his word and with the grace that he has afforded us. So grateful to God that he has given us another opportunity to be able to hear of his word, to be transformed by his word, to be corrected by his word, and most of all, to live by his word. Let us pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we thank you. We thank you for this day. A day we've never seen before, a day that comes with new mercies, new opportunities, new adventures, and new opportunities to be able to see your grace, your power, your love in action. God, we know that there is nothing that we've done that made us so special to be able to get another day of this life. But it is simply because you have factored us into your uh, your plan of redemption for mankind not that we can do anything to save them, but God, you use you use us, you use our hands, you use our feet to be able to uh, move us uh, closer to man, to be able to have divine appointments, to be able to share of your grace your mercy, your love towards us, so that others may be affected. We don't take it lightly, we don't take it for granted. we are just grateful, God that you have counted us worthy to be able to be a part of your plan. Now, God, I thank you for those, God, that you spared their lives to allow them to be able to assemble with us once again, to be able to hear of your word. God, bless our time together. God, let this time not be wasted. God, we come against distractions. We come against sleepiness. We come against... uh, 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 any sort of of enemy that tries to twist and distort your message on today. God, let us hear them with clean ears and with fresh hearts, God, with awakened hearts that we might hear what you have to say. God, we bless you today and we reverence you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we thank God for each and every one of you that have assembled on this morning that counted it not robbery to hear what the Lord would have to say. On this morning, our travels take us to the New Testament in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We're going to start at the 11th verse. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, starting at the 11th verse. And we're going to read from the New International Version, the NIV Version. your Bible might read a little differently. But the NIV version from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the 11th verse, reads as follows. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them and he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ ambassadors as though Christ was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Notice with me again verses 14 and 15. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and that therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. And the word of the Lord is blessed. On this morning, I'd like to ask you a question. What had to die for you to live? What had to die for you to live? I referenced 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter, and the 14th and 15th verse, which is going to serve as the foundation of our nugget today. And in this this, this passage where it talks about Christ dying for us so that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for the one who died for us. And was raised again. You all, we often say that our life is not our own, but we were bought with a price. You all, we no longer live for ourselves. This is not uh, YOLO, you only live once. You do only live once, but this life that we live is not for ourselves. It is for the one who gave his life for us, the one who made the ultimate sacrifice. And he was willingly, he willingly gave up his life for us. He did not have to be um, persuaded. He didn't have to be goaded into it. He willingly became the perfect sacrifice for us so that we could learn how to die and what had to die for us to truly live. I know that the topic is what had to die, and I'm talking about who had to die. But understand that within us, uh-huh, there were some things that have to die in order for us to live. I don't I don't think I get what you're talking about, Apostle. Well let me let me start with this one. First thing that has to die in us in order to be able to live is selfish ambitions and desires. Ah okay. You smell what I'm cooking. Selfish ambitions and desires. You all we first have to recognize that our our selfish ambitions, our our Uh, inward-turned desires have to die in order for us to live a life that is aligned to, that measures up with God's will. Galatians 2 and 20 reminds us that I've been crucified with Christ, so therefore I no longer live. But if, if I no longer live, then it's Christ. Christ lives in us. When we were crucified with Christ, our selfish flesh no longer lives, our desires, our ambitions no longer live, but Christ lives in us. When we surrender our self-centered desires, we open the door for Jesus to rest, rule, and to reign in our hearts. So our selfish ambitions, our selfish desires have to die. Not only that, you all, but what else has to die in order for us to live? Our sinful nature. Yeah, our sinful nature. You all sin. Sin is a heavy burden. It is what separates us from being in God's presence. God always intended for his people to be In his presence. He longs for us to be in his presence, but he cannot coexist with sin. He will not coexist with sin. Romans 6 and 6 tells us, for we know that our old flesh was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin may be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Come on now. I don't have to explain the definition of being a slave. It means that we don't have control. And you all, we are to be bond servants, slaves to Christ. We no longer have to be slaves to sin. Jesus bore our sins on the cross. He became our sin. Allowing our sins to die with them on the cross so that we can live free. We do not have to be held hostage by our sin anymore. Our sinful nature has to die so we can live. Not only that, you all, but our fear of death has to die so that we can live. Our fear of death is one of the most significant fears That plagues us, that fear of death itself. But you all, through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, we don't have to fear death anymore. Why? Because we have the hope of eternal life. That's what Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 tells us. says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity. So that by his death, talking about Christ, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You are, we are no longer needing to fear death because of Christ. Hmm, it is appointed man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. But guess what? We can live eternally if we are believers, if we have surrendered our lives to Christ. We no longer have to concern ourselves with the second death, which is hell and damnation. Glory be to God. So what what needs to die? Our selfish ambitions, our self-centered desires, our, our sinful nature. Our fear of death. One more, one more, one more, one more thing. You all, what else has to die? Our separation from God. told you that sin separated us from God's presence. But because of the ultimate sacrifice, because of the Lamb of God uh, that took away the sins of the world, we've been reconciled. That's what the the scripture told us, our scripture reference in 2 Corinthians 5. It it ended, started in verse 18. It says, God was in Christ who reconciled himself to us through Jesus Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He reconciled himself, he reconciled the world to us, to himself, through Jesus. He doesn't count our sins against us, and he has given to us the message. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. You all, Ephesians 2 and 13 tells us that now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. His death Bridged the gap between us and God. He gave us the privilege to live in his presence. You all, what had to die for you to live? Yes, Jesus died. But now what has to die in you? Your ambitions, your sinful nature, your fear of death, and the separation of God. You all, I pray that we continue to strive to live in the fullness of God's grace. And embrace the fact that we have an abundant life in him. Let's pray. God, we glorify you and we magnify you. God, we thank you today. Thank you for the sacrifice of Christ. That once he died, those things that keep us separated from you can die as well. So that we can live in your presence forever. Be with us today as we reflect on this thought. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Have an amazingly God-blessed day in Jesus' name.